Hello. I reckon this is a moment you might recognise. It's spine tingling, isn't it? There's something about the way the music leads up to the moment the voices burst through that's just so uplifting. And I'll let you into a secret. That's not even an orchestra and a choir. It's an electronic noise made to sound like them. Functional, for sure. Let's wait for the real thing. It's going to be wonderful. The piece is called Zadok the Priest, and it's by George Frederick Handel, the very same composer who wrote Messiah with its Hallelujah Chorus. And even if you're not a big listener to choral music, the reason you might recognise it is that it's been used in so many movies and TV shows. In fact, it's even the inspiration behind the UEFA Champions League theme. And the part that gets used the most is that moment when the choir comes in. It makes you feel like your heart is going to burst out of your chest. One, two. My name is David Hill and I'm the director of the Bach Choir, which is a big group, around 240 members. We perform all over the place in famous venues like the Royal Albert Hall, the Festival Hall and Sydney Opera House. You can also hear our recordings in movies like Shrek the Third and The Martian and even in a Star Wars video game, let alone backing the Rolling Stones. The thing is, we love choral music. We can't pretend we don't. And what we want to do with this podcast is to try and share some of that love. So, let's talk about Zadok. And there's a good reason why we started our series with it. Whether you're listening to this before or after it happens, the coronation is quite a big thing at the moment. Zadok the Priest has been sung at every coronation since the coronation of England's King George II in 1727. Ten in total, and it will ring around the rafters of Westminster Abbey for King Charles III as well. So it couldn't be a better time to find out more about it. And in this case, we also have some fairly high-profile support from a voice you might recognise. Zadok is actually heralding the most sacred part of the coronation ceremony. Hugh Edwards, the front man of the BBC's coronation broadcast team, is himself a fan. Welcome, everyone. Probably some more people arriving as the... uh... The best way of illustrating what I mean when I'm talking about these pieces is, of course, for you to hear it. So, at our last rehearsal, we collected some audio of the choir, and our wonderful assistant conductor, Philip Scriven at the piano, we call him Fingers Phil, so you can get a better idea of what I'm talking about. So what is it about the piece that has made it so iconic? Well, first and foremost, it's probably the bit that most people know, the opening. There is a very good reason why that choir entry hits you like it does. And it's all about the introduction. OK, from the top. Are we ready? So there's a calmness. And he's taking us gradually towards a new key. And this key is now being established at this point. And he stays there. And like the opening, he's just drifting through harmonic ideas. Building up the tension. Because everyone's thinking, well, when is the choir going to come in? And you think possibly it might happen. Coming up now. 
and then this. And this is what we call a sequence that's building up. And this is now inevitable because he's saying we're going to go to a massive moment. And it's coming now. So Handel creates so much anticipation that when the choir finally comes in, we are almost overwhelmed by it. How did he think of that? The choir did a pretty good job there, but I think they could do a better one. Another thing we're going to do in Change Your Tune is to give you a bit of a behind-the-scenes insight into how we try and achieve the best performance we can. And one of the most important things we need to get right is how we sing not just the notes and in the right order, but the words. The words here are Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anointed Solomon king. Did you catch all of that? I want the choir to make sure you did. Yes, but we were good and we were loud. But we didn't get the diction, which is z. So it's actually z is a vocalized sound. So it needs to go z, not z. Then zadok the, the pr. Then priest pr needs to be really early if it's going to be on the beat with the with the vowel. We'll have one bar, Phil. Thank you. Z that's one of the interesting things about choral music. The listener is getting not just a tune, but a story. And it's one of the most important parts of a choir's performance. Are they getting the words across? And what is this piece about anyway? To tell us a bit more, I'm very pleased to say I'm joined by Eloise Poulton, who sings soprano with the Bach Choir. Hello, Eloise. Hello, David. You've been doing some musical detective work for us. So who is Zadok? Well, I'm glad you asked. Zadok was a priest. In the Old Testament of the Bible, in the Book of Kings, where else, you'll find the story of how he anointed Solomon as the new king of ancient Israel, which is obviously very coronation appropriate. In fact, although the music for Zadok the priest is entirely Handel's, these words have been used in every British coronation since King Edgar's, who was crowned at Bath Abbey in 973 a long time ago. Indeed. The English bishops of the time tried to get involved selecting the words, but Handel insisted, I've read my Bible very well and shall choose for myself. <laughs> In fact, the words of God Save the King, our national anthem, are based on the same scripture passage. The interesting thing is that, depending on whether we crown a king or queen, the words of our anthem change to fit, something we're still all getting used to, I'm sure. But not with Zadok. This is because it's a hymn about a biblical king pulled directly from scripture, so it's always king. This means that this time it will make more sense for King Charles III than it did for Queen Elizabeth II. Fascinating. So we know Handel wrote this for the coronation of George II, along with three other anthems, but Handel was German, so why was a German composer writing anthems for English kings? Well, actually, King George I was a long-standing fan of Handel's, so much so that, in 1727, George made him a British subject so he could be a composer of the Chapel Royal. But what no one could have known was that this was the last appointment the king would ever make. 
just four months later, he died suddenly from a stroke. So Handel's first big royal assignment was writing the coronation anthems for his successor, George II. It was an instant hit. When the Westminster Abbey Choir first let it explode into the rafters, they sang it in the wrong part of the service, <laughs> which gives you an idea of just how excited they were for everyone to hear it. Thank you, Eloise. We'll talk to you again a bit later for some more results of your choral investigations. So back to the music. The beginning of the piece is the most famous part. We're told Zadok and Nathan anointed Solomon, but what happens next? Well, we find out the reaction. All the people rejoiced, and the word is repeated. Twelve times, in fact. You often find that text is sung over and over in these kinds of choral works. And performing it, you have to try and do something a little different each time, so it doesn't feel repetitive. We need to vary the volume and the emphasis, and it's my job as the conductor to make those suggestions in rehearsal to the choir and also with my gestures. This section is in 3-4 time, three beats in the bar. It's like a waltz. It's a dance of joy and celebration. What did the people say? This is kind of a controlled form of shouting, which is what good singing actually is. It's extremely good. Well done. We could work even harder on God save the king. I'm recording this podcast before the coronation, and right now I know that the choir of Westminster Abbey and the other choirs who will be singing the anthem are doing exactly this kind of rehearsal. There's a lot of preparation going on. And someone probably more involved with them than most is the man helping to lead the BBC broadcast team on the day, newsreader Hugh Edwards, who is also a vice president of the Bach Choir and himself a musician. He's an organist and I spoke to him about why music is so important to these occasions. I think it'll be one of the great highlights of the event. Music always is a great highlight, but this one especially will be a great highlight because I think it's a very special mix that they put together, which I have to say is absolutely glorious in the way that it's been constructed. And I'm very, very excited about that. It's the traditional with the modern, that blend. The king, quite rightly, wants the ceremony to reflect the UK and the Commonwealth of 2023. While also, by the way, and I know this is a rather sensitive issue, recognising the fact that there are lots of licensed payers at the BBC who are not great royalists. So for them, I would say, well, all right, I respect that point of view, but you'll get a concert of classical music, the likes of which you've never seen before. So there's something in it for everyone. You're here to that, absolutely. And such a central pillar to it all, is it not, is Zadok the priest. And I just wonder what your feelings are about that work. Where would we be without Zadok the priest at a coronation service and ceremony? Given the fact that it's been a traditional part, given the fact that it's uplifting, given the fact that it's majestic, given the fact that it's powerful, and given the fact that it is deployed, if I can use that word, at a crucial moment in the coronation itself. It is when the monarch is brought forward to be anointed and to be placed in the St. Edward's chair and before the eventual accession to the throne itself or the chair of estate as it's more formally known. So Zadok, the priest, when it plays, is actually heralding the most serious and most intense and most sacred part 
of the coronation ceremony. I can't imagine anything that comes close to competing with it. It'll be a high point for me. It'll be a high point for so many others. When the king and queen hear it, they will know, of course, that it's heralding for them the most serious part of the ceremony. We'll hear more from Hugh later. God save the king. Okay, let's get back to Zadok. We're somewhere in the middle of the whole piece, which lasts about six minutes. Straight in. We've shouted vocally, long live the king and God save the king. And now we're kind of winding up towards the finish. Good. Now the next phrase is as if altos, you're giving us a choral fanfare. The altos are the lower of the two upper voices in a choir. The high ones being the sopranos, as you probably know. It's a part that doesn't often get to shine, but here they do, completely on their own as we go into the next section. May the king live forever. We now have a mixture of Long Live the King and May the King Live Forever together with Amens and Alleluias. Interestingly, not Hallelujahs like the famous chorus in Messiah, but Alleluia, no H. And then Handel's scoring for the choir becomes much more complex, with some of the parts doing short notes forming chords and some of them singing long runs of many notes. Actually, those runs are quite difficult. Try panting that quickly. These elements are passed around between the sopranos, altos, tenors and basses, the four different parts in the choir. And we need to work out how all this fits together. So everyone, whenever you have these shorter notes, ah, 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 just know they're accompanying in a sort of block chord way. And each time that we do that, we have to be sure that we're always listening to that voice, that we balance our sound accordingly. So I want to... Nearly 300 years ago, Handel was commissioned to compose these new works for George II's coronation. This time, Andrew Lloyd Webber has been asked to create a new anthem for King Charles. So, Eloise, was Handel the Andrew Lloyd Webber of his day? Well, yes. In a way, he also loved creating large-scale works that would appeal to as many people as possible. Operas, oratorios and instrumental compositions, you name it, he probably wrote it. Just to say, an oratorio is a large musical work for orchestra and choir, which usually tells a story, typically a religious one. Handel's best-known oratorio, as we've said, is Messiah, which we'll talk about later in the series. Okay, so his idea of composing something to accompany an event brings us right up to date, I think. Yes, we've mentioned that Zadok the Priest has popped up in a lot of places over the years. One of the most prominent is as the basis for the UEFA Champions League theme. An English composer called Tony Britton was commissioned to write the theme in 1992, when the competition was having a rebrand. He said that Zadok the Priest was the first reference which came to his mind because it's an affirmation of power, success and grandeur. Perfect to create a sense of occasion, which, of course, was also Handel's intention. The Champions League happens every year, so this anthem has been heard almost as much, or maybe more, than Handel's piece which first inspired it. Before we rejoin Zadok, I wanted to know from Hugh a bit more about the role that music plays in his life. You have a choice with Handel, of course, because Handel has quite a few masterpieces up his sleeve. It's why he's one of my 
very favourite composers, along with Bach and Beethoven and Mozart, and a bit of Rachmaninoff thrown in, by the way. So it's quite an eclectic mix. Hugh, you're an organist. Tell us about your musical life and, and, and your interests. I'm always rather embarrassed to describe myself as an organist, actually. I'm, I'm not a bad pianist, I will say that. I wish I was a better organist, but I love playing the organ. Honestly, I really do. And I love listening to organ music. Have you ever played the organ at Westminster Abbey? Um, no, I've never been given the chance. And I did hint to James O'Donnell a few times that I'd like to have a go, but he gave me that terribly kind of sinister look of his. Uh, <laughs> so I, I never managed that. But I have played at St. Paul's. I could uh, happily stop presenting the news and just traipse around London finding organs. That'd be great. Hugh Edwards, newsreader extraordinaire, and one of those tasked with taking us through the historic events of 6th of May 2023. So back to Zadok. After the more intricate swapping around of parts amongst the choir and the orchestra, everything comes together and we wind up for the end. You can hear that the choir has the final words, that long-drawn-out Alleluia, but it's the trumpets that have the final say. We don't have an orchestra, we've just got Phil, but you can just hear it in the piano part. Pa, 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 here it is again. So there you have it, Handel's Zadok the Priest in its entirety. Eloise, what's it like singing it and standing amongst all those voices? Honestly, it's it's like no other feeling in the world. No matter what kind of day I've had, no matter what's on my mind, I can just turn up, listen, sing and be present and be part of something bigger than myself. I have to admit... I sometimes start it and think, oh, not again. And then when it really gets going, I think, oh, this is fantastic. How did he think of this piece? That's it for this edition of Change Your Tune from the Bach Choir. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe discovered something you didn't know before. Search for Change Your Tune wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've liked it, please give us a rating and a review. I'm David Hill. And I'm Eloise Poulton, musical detective. To help you discover more fantastic choral music, I've put together a Spotify playlist of some pieces I think you'll enjoy if Handel and Zadok have caught your ear. You can find it at thebarkwire.org.uk, where you can also sign up to the Barkwire's newsletter. Along with the playlist, we'll send you all of the latest news on this podcast, upcoming performances, as well as giving you even more insight into everything that happens behind the scenes at the Barkwire. I'll put that link in the show notes. Thanks, Eloise. Goel, goodbye till the next time when we'll be talking about one very famous part of Verdi's Requiem. And to lift your spirits all over again, we'll leave you with that special bit of Zadok. <laughs>